Well, I kind of like publicity. I think if I hadn't been an actor, I might have been a publicity man or an advertising man. And it amuses me sometimes to confuse people, especially uh, people here, you know, in the business, as to what I do with my private life and then my life, shall we say, in the newspapers. I feel uh, somewhat the way uh, Miss Catherine Hepburn feels about that. She says she doesn't care what anybody prints as long as it isn't true. Humphrey Bogart's film success led to more radio appearances on comedy programs, giving Bogey the chance to show off his comedic timing. On June 3, 1941, Bogart appeared on The Bob Hope Show. The program had a rating of 25.3. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce a very fine actor and the toughest guy on the screen, recently seen in Warner Brothers' High Sierra and the wagons roll at night, Humphrey Bogart. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. I'm glad to see you got down off that mountain all right, Humphrey. <laughs> uh, just a minute, just a minute, Hope. My pals call me Bogey. What do the fellows on this program call you? <laughs> there must be some way to answer that and still stay on the air. <laughs> oh, pardon me if I'm a little nervous around you, Humphrey. You're so tough. You know, when you walk down the street, the people run into their houses. Yeah, and then you come on the air and they run right out again. <laughs> Just a minute, Bogart. You can't talk to me that way. What's that? What's that? What'd you say? I don't know. I wasn't listening. <laughs> but I'm warning you, Humphrey, don't fool around with me. Why? Do you carry a gun? You see this hip? Yeah. What about it? Bulges, doesn't it? <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't reach for your rod. <laughs> I was just kidding, Bob. All I got in my pocket is a, is a handkerchief. I still think it's a gun. No, it's a handkerchief. Watch. I'll use it. Bad cold. <laughs> Say, huh? You know, two weeks ago we had your co-worker Priscilla Lane on this program. She just finished a new picture at Warner Brothers. A half a million dollar baby. Oh, now, wait a minute, Bob. Not a half a million. The name of the picture is Million Dollar Baby. You mean it was before the tax. Say, tell me... <laughs> tell me, Bogey, what picture did you just make over there? Uh, I made a picture called The Wagons Roll at Night. Oh, you mean like Crosby's Horses? But you're so... <laughs> Oh, for that Norman, anything. But you're so tough in your pictures. Tell me, Humphrey, were you always a mug? Oh, no, I was the nicest boy in my neighborhood. I always went to school dressed in my cute little Lord Fauntleroy suit. When I walked down the street, all the neighbors would point at me and say, there's a little rat who blew up the pool room. (laughs) Say, I was a tough kid, too. In school, I used to make spitballs and throw them all around the room. No, you did? You did? Me, too. It only took me a half an hour to make a spitball. Well, I could make one in a minute. You mean you didn't wait for the cement to harden? (laughs) Humphrey, you're just a mug at heart. You're the kind of guy who would put a mustache in the Mona Lisa. Oh, no, no, not me. If he can't raise his own, I'm not going to help him. (laughs) Well, I've watched you a lot in pictures, Humphrey. Tell me, doesn't it make your flesh crawl when you stand there pumping bullets into guys, sticking knives into guys' backs, putting guys in wet cement and tossing them in the river? Oh, no, don't bother me at all. I, I go right home and sleep like a log. If a fuse don't blow... If a fuse don't blow? Well, good gracious, you didn't expect me to sleep with the light out. <laughs> you know, Bob... <laughs> you know, Bob, everybody thinks I'm tough, but I'm, I'm not really tough at all. In the evenings, I, I like to get out in my rock garden. You've got a rock garden? Yeah, sure I have. I got the seeds from the government. Say, my brother's in a rock garden under government supervision, too. <laughs> Yeah, he is? Yeah. What does he grow? A little older each year. 
Tell me, are you going to keep making those gangster pictures over Warner Brothers with George Raft? <laughs> yes, as a, as a matter of fact, George Raft and I would like to have Skinny Ennis in our next picture with us. Why, what good would Skinny Ennis be in a prison cell? Well, we could pick the lock with him. <laughs> well, I'll call Skinny over here and have him meet you. Hey, Skinny, come here. Hiya, fellas. Skinny, this is Humphrey Bogart. Well, shut my mouth. Shut my mouth. Be careful, Skin. This guy will do it. <laughs> Hiya, Skinny. Hiya, big shot. What do you have from the mob? Get a load of public adrenaline, number one. <laughs> oh, Bob, me and Bogey come from the same neck of the wood. Is that so? Where were you born, Skin? Ah, uh, he wasn't born. A St. Bernard dug him up. <laughs> yeah, hold on now. Maybe I don't look like so much on the surface, but man, when you look a little further, you'll find I'm really nothing. <laughs> you did it. By the way, Skin, how's your girl? Oh, she's getting awful hard to handle. Ah, listen, Skinny, I'll help you. There are two ways to handle a woman. Either you treat her very gently or you treat her very rough. Well, which is the better method? Neither. Whichever you use, they still like a guy who owns a Cadillac. <laughs> well, Skinny, you ought to handle your women like Humphrey does. Assert yourself. I do. Only the other day, I looked my girl in the eye and I said, Woman, you're my woman. And you gotta do exactly as I tell you. Did that make an impression on her? I guess so. She laughed so hard I fell off a lap. <laughs> well, is your girl here tonight, Skin? Yeah, Bob, I'll call her. Hey, Magnolia. Y'all. Well, shut my mouth if it isn't Magnolia's. Well, Mr. Hobart, shut my mouth. And this is Mr. Bogart. Oh, shut my mouth. And what a business I could do in zippers. <laughs> oh, honest, are you the big bad man that's in the movie? That's what they tell me, yep. Well, shut my mouth and pull it way down over my chin. <laughs> I, uh, I would, but I see somebody beat me to it. <laughs> Say, you better be careful what you say to her, Humphrey. Skinny worships the ground she crawled out of. Are you really Humphrey Bogart? The rat who forces his attentions on girls and makes them kiss him and kiss him and kiss him and until the poor things are almost unconscious? That's me. See, Skinny, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, so you finally got around to speaking to me, huh? Oh, I didn't mean to neglect you. How are you, honey lamb? Oh, he's just fine. How do you know? He's using my blood today. <laughs> Hey, isn't Mr. Bogart a tough-looking guy? Oh, he's not so tough. Oh, no? No. I dare you to knock this chip off my shoulder. Magnolia, let me down. <laughs> oh, gosh, Mr. Bogart. I wish Skinny could kiss like you. Oh, well, what's wrong with Skinny? Does he give you the fatherly kiss or the brotherly kiss or the real sweetheart's kiss? <laughs> well, I don't know. Which is the one where I have to bend down and pick him up after it's all over? Hey, <laughs> see... You see, Skinny's the weaker type. I'll show you how to kiss her, Skinny. Come here, Dame, and throw your arms around me. I will not. Oh, no, I'll show you who's boss around here. Ooh. That'll show you, and I'll let me down. <laughs> Thank you, Humphrey Bogart, and you'll be back with us in a few minutes, folks. Take it, Skinny. The next February, Bogart appeared on the Jack Benny program. Benny and Bogart had tremendous natural chemistry. Who's here? Oh, well, hello, Humphrey. Hello, Jack. Glad to see you. Ladies and gentlemen, that star of Warner Brothers Pictures, Mr. Humphrey Bogart. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, Humphrey, it's darn nice of you to come over here tonight and help us solve our little murder mystery. I'm glad to do it, Jack. I heard you play last week, and I figured somebody should do something about it. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Say, Humphrey, we'll start casting in a minute, but uh, first I want you to meet the members of my gang. Uh, this great big fellow here is Don Wilson. It's a pleasure, Don. Put her there, Humphrey. Out! <laughs> Watch out, Don. He's as strong as a three-cent cigar. You ought to know. Quiet. <laughs> and, Humphrey, this is Mary Livingston, our little comedian. Uh, say something funny for Mr. Bogart, Mary. Oh, shut up. <laughs> well, shake hands with him anyway. Okay. Glad to know you, Miss Livingston. Put her there. Ouch! <laughs> Mary. And this is Dennis Day, our young tenor, and Phil Harris, our musical genius. Hiya, fellas. Bonsoir. Come on, tally-boo, Humphrey. <laughs> Humphrey? <laughs> is that French, Humphrey? <laughs> Phil. Phil, uh, stop. Stop showing off, you know. You know, Mr. Bogart, I took my girl to see you in all through the night, and did you make a hit with her? Did you make a hit? <laughs> Dennis. Ah, oh, she kind of liked me, eh, kid? Well, she talks out of the side of her mouth now, if that means anything. <laughs> well, that's real hero worship. I guess we can get started with the casting, Humphrey. Say, where's Rochester? I'd like to see him. Oh, he won't be with us tonight, Humphrey. He has a cold. He'll be all right next week, though. He's got the strongest cough medicine. Well, uh, let's get started. Uh, you've met everybody. What about me? Am I an old shoe or something? <laughs> Believe me, Virgil, he's not interested in meeting you. But if it'll make you happy, all right. Humphrey, this is Virgil Reimer, our great sound man. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Reimer. I've admired your work on this program for a long time. You see? <laughs> okay, okay. Now, let's get on with our sketch. Uh, this evening, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to present the second episode of our mystery melodrama, The Fright Week Murder Case, or That Rug Will Have to Go to the Cleaners. <laughs> Now, Dennis Day will be Mr. Frightwig, the victim. Howdy, folks. Lay down. <laughs> Mary will be his wife, who misses him now, but didn't when she shot him. And Don... Yes, Jack? You're going to be Jurgen, the butler. Only this week, I wish you'd be a little more highbrow. Can you talk with an English accent? Well, I'll try. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies. the next time you toddle down to your neighborhood grocer, why don't you ask the clerk for a package of jello? Package? <laughs> you will find that it comes in six terribly divine flavors... Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and pip-pip. <laughs> Don, if it weren't for the fact that you were talking about our product, I'd say that your accent was about as English as Sambo and Tambo, you know? <laughs> now, where are we? Oh, yes. I, of course, will play the part of Detective Captain O'Benny of police headquarters. Phil Harris will be my assistant. And Mr. Humphrey Bogart will be Phil's assistant. Now, in this drama... Just a minute, Jack. Hold it. Would you mind repeating that? Why, certainly. <laughs> I said, uh, I'll be Detective Captain O'Benny, Phil will be my assistant, and you'll be Phil's assistant. Oh, I see. 
Yeah, well, I'd like to speak to you about that. Uh-oh. What are you uh oh about? Why, what's, uh... What's on your mind, Humphrey? Well, frankly, I don't like the idea of being Phil's assistant. Well, all right, then you can be my assistant and Phil can be yours. Now, in this drama... Just a second, Blue Eyes. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, what, uh, what is it, Humphrey? Now, let's get this straight. Here's the way it's going to be, see? I'm the captain, Phil's going to be my assistant, and you're going to be his assistant. Hmm. But, uh, but Humphrey... Now, look, I don't want any trouble. I'm a nice, easy-going guy, but I didn't come over here to get kicked around. Well, who kicked you? I mean... <laughs> Did you kick him, Dennis? Did you kick him, Don? You know what I mean. I'm going to be the captain, and that's final. All right, all right. And you don't have to grab my coat while you're talking to me. Now, let go. And another thing, Mr. Bogart, I'm paying you for being here on this program tonight so you can be a little more civil. Oh, are you going to pay me? Yeah. Well, I'm not exactly paying you in cash, but I was going to send you a lovely present. A fountain pen or, or something. Now, you send me a fountain pen, I'll squirt it right in your eye. Is that so? Oh, Jack, let him be the captain. What else can I do? <laughs> Got a good mind to punch him right in the nose. Well, why don't you? Because he's carrying a gun. He's what? A gad. He's packing a gad. <laughs> well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Humphrey Bogart will play the part of Detective Captain O'Benny. I want my own name. All right, you'll be O'Bogart. And Phil, I will be your assistant. I, I, are you happy? Yes. Oh, well, then let go of me. How many times do I have to tell you? Now, this exciting drama, ladies and gentlemen, will go on immediately after a number by Phil Harris and his orchestra. Play, Phil. Here's my part, Humphrey. Get familiar with it. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was Popocata Petal rendered by Phil Harris and his orchestra. Render meaning to tear apart. <laughs> That's a Lulu! Virgil! <laughs> now, Virgil, get away from that mic. And stop trying to be funny on my program. What's the matter? Do you see the handwriting on the wall? <laughs> Now listen, Virgil. Virgil, if I have any more trouble with you, you're getting out of here. And I'd also like to get rid of Bogart. What was that? What did you say? I said when I was a kid, I had a go-kart. <laughs> Do you mind if I had a little fun? <laughs> if I hadn't given a quart of blood to the Red Cross, I'd tear him to pieces. <laughs> A quart of blood? Yes. You've been down there ten times and I haven't even found a vein yet. They'll find one, don't worry. Now settle down, everybody. Let me announce our play. Pardon me, Jack. I'm announcing it. All right, announce it. Boy, I never saw such a ham. <laughs> Ought to have my head examined for inviting him over here. And will you cut out that mumbling? Listen, I've been talking to myself for 20 years. I'm not going to stop now. <laughs> Go ahead, announce the play. <clears throat> and now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to offer the second episode of our mystery melodrama entitled The Frightwig Murder Case, or All Through Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Had to give his new picture a plug. I like the picture, though, but what I could have done with his part, boy. Jack, pipe down. Oh, poof. <laughs> now, as you may remember, last week, Mr. Homer J. Frightwig was found murdered in his den. He was shot several times. In fact, his chest looked like a well-patronized punch board. Boy, I'd have gotten a yell with that line. A yell. They'd have screamed at me. Virgil! <laughs> Go ahead, Humphrey, you gangster. Captain O'Benny was called into the case but was unable to make any headway, so this week I will solve the crime. I'll bet. Go ahead, you thug. As the scene opens, we find Cap Detective Captain O'Bogard and his two assistants... Had to make a mistake. Had to make a mistake. <laughs> we find Detective Captain O'Bogard and his two assistants... Yeah. <laughs> ...in their office at police headquarters. Curtain. Music. Oh, Sergeant O'Harris. Yes, Captain. What's new on the Fenchel robbery? Did you find out if the chauffeur had anything to do with it? Well, it couldn't have been the chauffeur, Cap. He had an airtight alibi. Alibis, alibis. This is the third month of the investigation and we're no further than we were when we started. Something has got to be done, I tell you. I want action. Do you understand? Action. Yes, sir. <laughs> Not scaring me, I can tell you that. <laughs> now, listen, O'Harris. What makes you think the chauffeur is innocent? Well, at the time of the robbery, he was out of town. We traced him as far as Altoona, Pennsylvania. Altoona, eh? Boy, what a hit I used to be in that town. <laughs> Stopped the show every night. Well, what happened after he left Altoona? Well, we traced him as far as Chicago, and then we lost track of him until last week when he turned up in Los Angeles with a blonde. With a blonde, eh? Shut up! Hmm. <laughs> All right, but if you ask me... There's a the phone. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, take it. 
such a little guy, I can't understand why I don't slug him. You're a coward. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, well. Hello, hello, police headquarters. Captain O'Bogart speaking. Hello, Bogey. This is Mrs. Homer J. Frightwig. Oh, yes, yes. What is it, Mrs. Frightwig? Listen, Cappy, why don't you come over and investigate my husband's murder? Uh, it's no use. I can't find any clues. Well, drop in anyway. It's a rainy afternoon. Come on over. Okay, madam. But I'm going to find out who killed your husband. Well, if you're real nice, I'll tell you. Come on over. Yes, ma'am. I'll be there in a few minutes. Swell. Bring some olives. I've got the toothpicks. So long. So long. Who was that, Cap? Yeah, who was it? Fine part I've got. <laughs> Wish I had my violin with me. Well, who was it? That was Mrs. Homer J. Frightwig. Come on, men. We're going over to her house right away. And I'm going to solve this crime, or my name ain't Dobogard. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Enjoy your ride. You'll soon be walking. <laughs> that is all. Well, here we are, Cap. Yeah, this is the place, all right. Break the door down, O'Benny. Yes, sir. Stand back. Open this door, I'll break it down. Open this door, I'll break it down. Well, what are you waiting for, Virgil? Break down the door. Please. You won't hear a single splitter until you apologize. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry I bawled you out. Now go ahead with the door. Very good. Well, who's this? Good evening, gentlemen. Did you ring? <laughs> ring? This guy's the butler, Cap. I know who he is. Now listen, you, where's the body? That ain't a bearskin rug grinning at you. <laughs> hmm. That's Mr. Frightwig, all right. And he's laying there just the way he was shot. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Some tough guy. I bet anything he faints. What was that? Oh, come on, Humphrey. Find out who done it. Just a minute, miss. Who are you? I am Fifi, the French maid. Oh, yeah? Now, listen, Fee. My name is Fifi. Well, I'm in a hurry. Sit down, will you? <laughs> Say, let me talk to her, Cap. I speak the language very fluent. Fluent? <laughs> now, listen, Fifi. What do you know about this murder? Je ne sais rien du tout de ce meurtre. Je suis seulement la bonne ici. Et naturellement, je ne l'ai pas commis. Oui, oui. Je ne suis dans ce pays que fort peu de temps et je ne connais pas beaucoup de monde. Je menais une vie solitaire. Oui, oui. J'aimerais bien un rendez-vous avec un Américain. Euh, Voulez-vous me rencontrer et dire qu'on est un sunset and western at 8 o'clock? Hmm, what'd she say, Harris? I don't know, but I'll be there. <laughs> so will I. She must have a friend. Fine policeman. Why does you go on with the case and grill Mrs. Frightwig? Where is she? Here she comes now! Well, good.
Good evening, gents. Pull up my husband and sit down. Now, listen, Mrs. Frightwig. You keep out of this. All right, all right. I'm going to take a look around this house, see if I can find some clues. Now, tell me, Mrs. Frightwig, what do you know about this murder? Grill me, Cap, grill me. What's on your mind? Now, I want the truth. Did you shoot your husband? Couldn't have been Cupid. There's no arrows in him. I don't believe you killed him, Mrs. Frightwig. And we're going to stay right in this house until we find out who committed the crime. Okay, boys, how do you like your eggs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say, Cap, Cap, I just heard a noise in that closet. A noise? Yeah, there's somebody hiding in there. It might be the murderer. Let me have your gun. I didn't bring it with me. Here, take mine. Now, thanks. Now, listen, you. We know you're in that closet, so come out. And come out with your hands up. Come out. Do you hear? Hello, fellas. <laughs> Surprised? Oh, it's you. What were you doing in that closet, oh, Benny? I'll tell you what I was doing there. I can't keep it a secret any longer. I've committed that crime. I murdered Mr. Homer J. Frightwood. What are you talking about? I killed him, I tell you. Killed him, killed him. He was a dirty rat and he had it coming to him. And I'm glad I did it, I tell you. <laughs> glad, glad. You did nothing of the kind. You're just trying to build up your part. I am now. <laughs> confess. Slap the handcuffs on me. Take me to jail. What are you waiting for? What a ham. (laughs) Come on, Mrs. Friedwig. Let you and I go out and have a cup of coffee. Okay, Kathy. I'm going with you. No, no, you can't go until you arrest me. I'm a killer. Do you hear a killer? And I also committed the... Oh, I'm nuts. Well, I'll be darned. Hey, where do they go? They went out for some coffee, Mr. Friedwig. Oh. That stupid Bogart doesn't believe I killed you. Well, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Say, do you play gin rummy? Sure. Well, lay down and start dealing. <laughs> okay, hit it, boys. Years later, Bogart was talking to friend and columnist George Fisher about the top ten characters he met through the years. John Barrymore was one Bogart mentioned. A man I only met once, John Barrymore, for whom I had the profoundest admiration... That one time Bogart met Barrymore was on the February 19, 1942 episode of the Rudy Valley Show. All right, all right, you two. Put him up. Reach for the ceiling. What is this? <laughs> Quiet, Curly. Get your arms up. Get your arms up and you too, sister. Sure, I'll put my arms up. Not around his neck. The status be careful. This man is a thug. Oh, I'd like to thug him and squeeze him. <laughs> Hey, sister, you ain't a bad-looking mole. You mean mole. I mean mole. Gosh, mister, you really are tough. You know, I never saw an outside gangster before. Now, what do you mean, outside? Outside of my uncle and two brothers. <laughs> all right, all right, enough of this, Gab. Where's the money, Curly? Rudy! Rudy! Pipe down, bud. Who's this, another customer? I'm Bogart the bad man. This is a stick-up. A hold-up? Hmm, I'd better phone the police. And tell him I want two tickets for the policeman's benefit. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, Barrymore. Open a safe or I'll plug you. Oh, you can't scare me. I can look you straight in the face and not flinch. So what? I can look you straight in the face and not... Oh, you got me, pal. I can't do it. John Barrymore passed away three months later. 